Welcome to the first episode of the Bento Club, a podcast delivered to you by Phil Lutze. During this podcast, we connect with the brightest and most interesting minds of the market research and tech industry to gather top free tips. Over time, we are on a mission to deliver a series of highly digestible, bite-sized, healthy food for thought. So I'm super excited to introduce our very first guest, Jess Dogesen. Jess is an insights person who's really into mushrooms. She spent 16 years agency side, helping brands get strategic and working with people, brands, and culture. She's now merging mushrooms and market research by launching a cultural insight consultancy that specializes in global microculture. Welcome, Jess. Thank you. Thank you so much, Julia. And congratulations on the first episode of the Bento Club. I'm really happy to be here. Thank you. It's so good to have you. Thank you for being my guinea pig. It's a very exciting. I love being guinea pigs. Let's do this. <laughs> Amazing. It's super exciting and it's a first for us. So it's really great to have you on board because you have a very special perspective to share. But before we go deep into the world of mushrooms, uh, I'd just like to ask you something a bit more personal. You left, uh, you quit your job last year to go traveling the world and uh, study mushrooms, uh, which is really brave and really inspiring to me. Can you tell me a bit more about your story and how you, you, you ended up here? Um, yeah, good question. Um... Well, as you mentioned, I worked agency side in strategic insights for around 16 years. And I decided to work as a consultant and follow mushrooms, not because I was running away from anything. Um, I love insights work and agency work, but rather because I was running towards something, uh, mm -hmm. running towards mushrooms. Um, I love mushrooms. I can't explain it. I grew up in the mountains. I've always been drawn to nature. But um, around five or six years ago, mycelium found me. Mycelium is the root structure of network. Uh, sorry, the root structure mm -hmm. kind of network underground um, of a mushroom. Uh, mycelium found me. Something inside kind of went like, ooh. <laughs> it's hard to describe. But I'm really jazzed up by what fungi can do for people and the planet and also what we can do for the fungi. Um, I'm so interested in mushrooms, in fact, that I spent most of last year on a personal research project called Running with Mushrooms, where I've interviewed over 50 like amazing, amazing mushroom people in five countries um, while I was traveling just to explore like the social impact of this shroom boom and the psychedelics industries um, and also what we can learn from mushrooms. So yeah, I'm really jazzed up by mushrooms. That's great. And as we were chatting about the po this podcast, you told me that mushrooms are your friends and I'm sure everyone who's listening is wondering the same. What the hell do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so... At risk of sounding like a complete space cake, I apologize in advance, but um, mycophiles, who are people who are really into mushrooms, uh, mycophiles often speak of fungi as like engaging us in conversation. We don't find mushrooms in the woods, we meet them. Um, for me, like mushrooms have become like a silent partner in the work that I'm doing. 
and they're not an extractive resource to be used. They're definitely more of a partner. So for a lot of mycophiles, mushrooms are considered our friends. Um, mycelium, as much as it's able to kind of make decisions, and I know that might come across as strange sounding and offend some people, but <laughs> mycelium in its decision making is a very guiding force in the world. And it's it's quite quite literally responsible for me going on this mushroom tour. Um, and they have become an ally, a colleague, and a teacher. On this tour, mushrooms being my friends have have taught me. And I believe that they have a lot to teach the world. And I'm hoping to bring these lessons into my business practice and, and strategy. Amazing. And speaking of uh, lessons from the mushrooms, uh, for the second part of the podcast, we are really going to focus on the three key things that mushrooms uh, have taught you and that we can apply to the insights word. And uh, as you call them, we're going to call them uh, lessons from the mushroom. So do you want to start with the first one? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Um, okay, cool. So these are three lessons from the mushrooms. And I've noticed in my own research how applying these learnings gets me much better insights. So lesson number one is about partnering, not co-opting. Mm -hmm. uh, and what I mean by that is if mushrooms are my friends, I want to work with them. I want to partner with them. Um, in research, this means that the role of the researcher and the participant shift. So rather than just being an observer, I'm actually a collaborator and even a student of my participants. Um, they're also invited to design their own ethnographies. Um, you know, so in the actual project design or in the discussion guide design, um, the people I'm talking to are involved. And I also ask them to contribute to the reporting. So if I'm writing something up on the back end, you know, they're invited to collaborate. That's great. What does this approach allow you, allow you to do? Is it a bit different to what we normally see in market research? Um, yeah, well, it, a number of things. Firstly, you get like very valid and accurate data. And as researchers, we really rely on, on that. When your participants are committed and invested and collaborative, you get better insights, you get valid data. But, but a more important thing for me is around cultural sensitivity and appropriateness. So mm -hmm. an example of this was um, researching mushrooms in a Ugandan refugee settlement, which is populated mostly by refugees from the DRC. Um, they are busy using mushrooms to improve livelihoods and secure food security for people. Um, and to essentially build resilience and self-sufficiency. So doing research as a Westerner in a Ugandan refugee settlement, you know, in that environment, Western visitors isn't an everyday thing. Um, and while preparing for the research, I thought it was, it was really important to in, invite our hosts to, to guide our behavior um, to have a big say in how we interact with people, how we frame certain topics, um, you know, think in terms of any research, but particularly when doing research of a sensitive nature, it's imperative to avoid any like unintended harm or offense or misrepresentation. Yeah. I can understand like how important it was in this example to really create a partnership with, with your participants, um, what did you get from this partnership? 
Um, well, quite frankly, we, you know, without without partnering up, I don't think we would have been invited to visit in the first place. Um, and we were, and it was such an incredible trip. Um, but more importantly, um, by partnering, we were able to know how to cover very sensitive topics about like the refugee context and their journeys and get very deep and honest insights into how mushrooms are helping to build resilience. That's great. And you also mentioned how important it is to have committed participants. Do you have another example from your travels uh, to bring this topic to life? Uh, yeah. So this was crazy. In, in Vietnam, um, I, this study is, is essentially funded by my own savings which are very limited. Um, so I, I didn't have budget for an interpreter. I don't speak Vietnamese. Um, and I was absolutely blown away by participants who um, proactively learned like some English mycological jargon and to wow. in order to do the, to hold the discussion with me. It, it was amazing. I mean, they came, they came prepared. They were like, wow, we're invested in this research. We want to collaborate with you. Um, and they're really engaged, and I think it's really testament um, not just to ha- not just to like how engaged the mycological community are in research about mushrooms, but also when you when you when you treat you know human beings as partners as opposed to like an extracted resource <laughs> to be asked, um, you, you get much better stuff. Yeah, and I think that's something that really resonates with me working with self-ethnography. Sometimes we see participants bombarded with questions like a resource to use. But reality is that sometimes if you are really mindful of their experience, that you treat them as partners, you get so much more out of the relationship. And it's also nicer for the participants. So it's a really, it's really a win-win solution. Exactly. So just to recap our first point, uh, in research, always remember to treat your participants as partners. Uh, so it's all about partnering, not co-opting. Let's move on to the second lesson then. Okay, lesson number two from the mushrooms. Um, this one is that you cannot know the mainstream without knowing the underground. Um, this is particularly true of mushrooms, but I think is relevant for other categories as well. Uh, within mushrooms, you obviously have the world of psychedelics. Psychedelics now are a massive global industry that Acumen Research valued at around 7 billion US dollars last year. So it's big. Um, around the world, psychedelic research and therapeutic practices are slowly becoming decriminalized, you know, in some states in the US or in Australia, for example, but they're illegal pretty much everywhere else. But despite this, there is this massive underground magic mushroom or psilocybin scene. There's, uh, uh, you know, there's this huge, huge network of people um, that are driving this industry and there's no like central mushroom governing body it's very citizen driven, it's decentralized, and it's all about, essentially it's about underground like civil disobedience. And there's so much going on uh, in this uh, intersection between what's legal, what's illegal, what's above ground, what's underground. Uh, what does it mean for market research? It's a good question, G. Uh, well, like in traditional research, I think 
we're often required as professionals to overlook the parts of people's lives that are like taboo or risque or legal gray areas. Even if these parts of their lives have a huge influence in their day-to-day behavior and decision-making, like I'm sure you've seen this, but like how many alcohol and lifestyle consumer studies have you seen that completely overlooks the role of recreational drugs? And I know that companies are limited and, and they may be it's it's not easy to include such topics in your research, but with mushrooms and psychedelics, for example, brands around the world are jumping on this mush wagon, this like shroom boom. <laughs> Companies are wanting to leverage this trend, the psychedelic re- renaissance. And I don't think you can understand the category and play in it um, without being a player which essentially means you can't understand it without understanding this culture of civil disobedience. I just said some clients, as we know, tend to shy away from topics that are taboo or legal. How do you convince them or how do you approach this? Um, well, convincing them is one thing. I think it also depends on the client. Um, and I know, of course, in the corporate world, it might just be too much of a bureaucratic minefield to include the topic of recreational drugs in your alcohol report, for example. But I would say if you are looking to really understand the entirety of the human experience, you can't let um, taboos or legislation stop you from, mm-hmm. um, you know, from understanding from understanding the reality for for humans. Um, in, in my research, for example, it was quite interesting because you, you know, if you're doing research with people who are working within psychedelics, you're not going to a traditional recruiter database. Um, you know, yeah, you're recruiting by a, yeah. um, you're not going to be like, hi, I want to go speak to someone who grows magic mushrooms. It's a question in the screen there. Um, but yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, and it was really great because, you know, mushrooms and mycelium connect people. So in my research, like in the UK, in South Africa, in Kenya, I've had access to these amazing underground networks of people who have allowed me to understand the heart of this culture. And also then to see how these behaviors translate into above ground consumer habits. Okay, thank you for uh, sharing this second point. Just to uh, sum up before we move to our final point. In research, always remember that you currently know the mainstream without knowing the underground. Final lesson from uh, the mushroom. Um, okay, final one, and this is a bit a bit quicker. If mushrooms can grow from shit, so can your insights. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is so good. <laughs> um, thanks. So... Let's okay. Let's the the reality is a lot of mushrooms love shit. They thrive in it. Uh, they grow. They grow really well. Researchers don't love shit. If we are faced with shitty opinions or polarization or misinformation or harmful ideas or ideas we don't agree with, I have myself and and I've seen colleagues do this where we say, "That sucks. I don't want to report this stuff." You know, hmm. it can be incredibly tough to moderate. It can be incredibly tough to analyze and. In- interpret but in ethical research you have to include all perspectives even the ones that you don't like or you don't agree with 
Yeah, that's a very good point. Otherwise, uh, it would be like having loads of biases in your research if you want to find things that are aligned with your looking with the with your view of the word. Yeah, exactly. And and it's and it's sad, but I think in today's world we you can't avoid polarization. It's just part of doing research, especially at global or cultural level. And so you have to dive into it. You have to observe those tensions. You have to get all perspectives, which again is easier when participants trust you as their partners. Um, and in my mushroom research, it's been interesting because there, you know, there are a lot of polarizing and controversial narratives that I've come across with participants. Um, there's uh, one example was around the whole um, the the idea of foragers being called eco criminals. Um, it's a very controversial and highly debated topic. Um, and I think I've got some really good objective results and a deep understanding of the topic now because foragers on both ends of the of the store have trusted me with really honest and sometimes, in my opinion, quite harmful and dangerous opinions. But I've managed to get those from participants because of the way I've engaged with them um, and really just embraced embracing all perspectives. Navigating this kind of polarization is really tough, but as you said, it needs to be done in research. Uh, if done properly, what does this allow you to get? Um, it's a really good question. So it, I think it allows you to develop a strong point of view for your clients who, you know, we're, we're, doing, we're doing work for brands, right? Consumers are looking for brands to have a point of view or to demonstrate consciousness and consideration to people's values and to the planet it's not good enough to be neutral so as researchers i think we have to learn to th thrive in that mulch of shitty opinions and mm -hmm. harmful practices and polarization because that's often the reality and if it allows us to develop um to, to be able to um, help brands navigate that then it's what we need to do perfect so uh, let's remember if mushrooms can grow from shit, so can your insights. This is the kind of thing, when I woke up this morning, I didn't, ex I did, I didn't expect to say this in a podcast. <laughs> but it's a very good one. I'm sorry, I made you do it. <laughs> it's a great one. I love it. And I'm going to steal it and put it everywhere. Um, so we've come to the end of our conversation. And thank you so much for all of your insights uh, and for sharing your wisdom with us. Do you have any closing words and thoughts you want to share? And um, thank you so much, Julia. I think in, in reality, true collaboration with participants, um, you know, it does so many things. It increases your chances of being welcomed back in regions or for future studies with partners in those regions. Um, research that respects um, cultural nuances can steer much more effective decision making for like product development or brand and communication strategy. Um, so I think mushrooms have a lot to teach the world and they have a lot to teach me as a researcher. Um, and lastly, just making mushrooms your friends is a lot of fun. Thank you so much Please. for having me. Thank you so much for joining me today and uh, 
It's been really great and very interesting. So um, if anyone listening has any questions, please free reach, reach out to Jess. And uh, as mentioned, this is a pilot of our podcast. So any feedback, suggestions, comments are really welcome. Marie, thank you for listening and see you next time. Yeah, yeah.